Welcome to Imagine Yourself, where we help you imagine your next chapter of life with grace, gratitude, courage, and faith. Have you ever met someone who has the superpower of being able to face obstacle after obstacle with courage and grace? Well, we have, and her name is Lisa Jesswine, and she is here to share her journey and her insight about the art of overcoming. Lisa is the owner of Intuitive You. She has been a Radio Morning Show co-host, an actress. She's a motivational speaker who has learned to finally listen to her intuition, and she's going to help us gain that never-give-up attitude. Honestly, Lisa has been through some things, and she is still standing tall. So let's get deep, and let's learn with Lisa. We just want to welcome you to the show, Lisa. Hey, that's right. All five foot one of me standing tall. And even that, of course, it's probably more like five foot. (laughs) Hey, but you're still standing because when everybody hears what you're going to share with us, it's going to just be really powerful. You're going to be standing about eight feet tall. That's right. That's right. We're going to talk about a lot of the things situationally, a lot of health issues, just things that would have knocked people out many times over, yet you kept getting back up. And But you even had an interesting start, right? When you were born, your mom didn't know that you were coming. I was a surprise baby. So <laughs> my mom had my sister and then the doctor says, hold on, there's another one coming. And my mom yells, another one what? And then he says, a baby. And my mom starts crying and she says, I only have one crib. (laughs) And then I showed up and boy, what a surprise I turned out to be. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) And she had had a two-year-old at home too. Wow. Talk about a handful. And the things that have you have dealt with, Lisa, are a handful. So I think I would kind of give you the floor to unwind that a little bit for us? Sure, absolutely. So I had a lot of medical issues as a child and uh, was going down to Children's Hospital in downtown Detroit several times a week. First, just for blood work, starting at age seven. I was on dialysis at age 12 because I had what's called dysplastic kidneys, which just means they were just too small and they didn't function. So on dialysis at 12, I would be pulled out of school to be taken down there three days a week and attached to a machine for um, four, sometimes five hours at a time. Wow. And um, had my first kidney transplant at age 16. And uh, that was from cadaver donation. So a young man who died in Grand Rapids in a car accident. And um, that gift afforded me the ability to finish high school and finish college with honors. And there was so much more that goes on. You know, you breeze by the whole, oh, I was on dialysis and I was a kid. You know, there's so much that goes on in a child's head, right? Yeah. And being different and having to deal with the pressures of actually staying alive instead of, hey, should I be on a team or be a cheerleader was overwhelming at times, but there was always something that told me I was going to be okay. I always felt like, and I don't know, you know, I, I just always knew. So you have to understand that also at age five, which is around the time I started getting sick, I also was very aware of a presence and guidance coming to me. And I knew it was very angelic and very loving. And I heard a voice It's the same concept as if you're in the car and you're listening to a song 
And then the minute you get out of the car, you know how the song is still playing in your head, kind of like an earworm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's what it was like. So I didn't hear an audible sound. I heard the sound in my head and I knew I'd be okay. And that was at five. So when all of this started and going on, I still knew I would be okay, even though everybody was devastated. And I had a near-death experience when I was 16 after five grand mal seizures. Um, and they thought I was going to be brain damaged, which my sister still argues might be true. But. <laughs> <laughs> no. So power of sisters. Um, <laughs> sister thing, yeah. Um, and when I came back, I knew more. So I believe I was in the presence of God and I am okay if nobody else wants to believe that, you know, cause you have people say, Oh, it was the anesthesia. Oh, it was this. And it's like, that's okay. If you want to believe that, mm-hmm. but I know where I was and I know who I was in front of. And I said, please let me stay. No more needles, no more pain. Please let me stay. And at 16 wanted to stay there in this, I, there are no words in any language as far as I'm concerned that can accurately describe what I felt and what I saw. And then I just heard one word, no. And it was a soft, gentle no. But in that no was volumes and volumes of what I had yet to do. And so there was a knowingness about it as well. So even having felt that same presence at five and again at 16, and then I felt pushed back and away from the light, just like they say, you know, and it all happened to me. And when I came back and came out of it, I was you know, attached to a gurney and my arms and legs were tied down and tubes in every orifice of my body. And I was sad because I wanted to stay gone. And then, yeah, that's how intense it was. But I also knew when I came back, even though there was much more that happened to me physically, including cancer and hip replacements and aneurysms and just piled upon piled upon piled of things, I always knew I would be okay because that was promised to me in that tiny no that sent me back. So just a little speechless right now. <laughs> there are um, there are a lot of things that we hear about, you know, what happens when you die. And, and you're right, people will always say, okay, that yeah, it was the anesthesia or your brain still working or la di da. I've, you know, read all kinds of things. But I have always believed people are having these legitimate visions. So and to you, it was more than a vision, right? It was was it more like a feeling or? It was a combination of both. It was palpable, but the communication was all without words. So it was like soul to soul type of thing. Interesting. And I remember feeling a floating. I remember seeing my arms kind of floating next to me and me trying to move my head, but I couldn't. And yet just being pulled to this light. And yet, it was just like, I wanted to go in. I so bad wanted to stay there because it was the most gorgeous feeling I have ever felt. And you can imagine coming from a life of pain and needles and all the rest of that. Of course, I wanted to stay where I was, but was gently told no. Wow. <laughs> so had to come back because and more, had... to, more to experience. That's the other part too, Lisa, the part where you said that in that no, you were given such a powerful run through that there was still so much more left to do. All of us have within us gifts and purpose and things that we're supposed to be blessings to others and to be helpful in this world and to um, not just strive and hustle and accomplish, but, but you know what I'm saying? And I just wonder how, you know, how did it, did that 
continue to come to fruition for you? What ended up happening? Because now we you know now we're like, what happened from there? <laughs> what else? I also knew that I felt things and heard things that maybe other people weren't aware of. And so I started studying and I started reading books and I started watching videos and I started going to see speakers because I thought, what is this? It, what do I have? Why do I know these things? Why do I hear these things? So I didn't really tell anybody. I didn't want anybody slapping a straight jacket on me and dragging me off. So I just was very private about it. And luckily I have very loving parents and a wonderful family and just everybody embraced it and was accepting of it. So I didn't really do anything with it until my early 20s, where it was the first time I was with someone and a message was given to me to give to someone else. And it was his sister who had passed away. So I am very protective of what I do because I do it with respect and integrity. This is not a trick for me. This is not some dog and pony show. It is divinely sent to me. And I have chosen to pick up what has been divinely sent to me. And if I can assist others, I do. But I don't walk up to somebody in the deli counter and start giving messages. Okay? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. not what this is, okay? Well, what do you say to people who believe that they just don't have the ability for God to uh, speak to them or they don't have an ability to understand their tuition or that's just not a gift that they were given at all? Intuition is just like any other muscle. If you don't work it, it atrophies. And the more you work it, the better it gets, the stronger it gets. And, and I always tell people when you're starting to use your intuition, it's like the first time you walk into a gym, you're not sure of how to use the equipment. You're comparing yourself to other people. Oh, they have a cuter outfit than me. Am I doing this right? Whatever it is. And so it's the same with intuition. You're like, am I doing this right? I don't know. That person's better than me. So your humanness comes into play, even though we're trying to access our intuition and our spiritual side. So yes, we all have it. We got to work it, folks, work it. And maybe embrace the differences too, because we were talking on a podcast recently with someone who definitely listens for their leadership from God and the path, their way. But there's other people who say there's never a voice at all. There's things that, there's nudges that come. There's a message that they'll hear that just truly inspires them in a certain way. And there's all different ways to embrace these things. Because now what about this though, too, Lisa, we have to kind of get back to the fact that people understand that there's obstacles, there's hardships, there's health problems and things like that. And you had mentioned to us, now you were in radio. And I think right when you were starting radio, you had the biggest obstacle to a radio person of all. Can you kind of <laughs> tell us about this so that people can understand that there's still yeah. a way. It still can work um, out, even if it looks bad. So the year that I started, I ended up having five surgeries within nine months. And one of them was having my lymph nodes removed because they thought that would help regulate calcium. And then they found cancer in my throat. <sighs> so they removed that. But in doing so, they damaged my vocal cords. And so my voice completely went away. And the doctors told me, we don't know if it will ever come back. Oh, my goodness. So, <laughs> But we know that so, it did it in a big way, right? Yes, we did because I had, you know, 23 years in radio after that, but that was an intense moment where I remember saying, 
I God, I know you didn't bring me this far just to do me like that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's more, there's more because otherwise I could have stayed where I was. And so I just kept putting my faith in it and saying, it will come back. It will come back. I know it will. And I was envisioning all of this healing energy going to my vocal cords and my throat. So it's not just positive thinking. This is important. You visualize yourself feeling better, looking better, thinking better, having that person um, come into your life, having that job come to you. It is something that is a practice that you have to do. It's not magic. This is law of attraction as well. I mean, you can call it all kinds of things. It's just energy. Where are you putting your energy? Okay. So you're in your 20s. You were with uh, Dick Purton and um, people that grew up in Detroit are, I'm sure, familiar with that. You're part of Purton's People. You've done, similar to me, a lot of radio, a lot of voice acting, but you also threw in some motivational speaking and just so many other things. And you and I crossed paths at, um, I think, one station in 2014 or something. Was it? Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Tw- was it 105? Is that 105.1, yeah, in 2014. Yeah. And I could yeah. tell, you know, I always thought, wow, Lisa is such a positive person. And when you hit me with the email, when we got back in touch and everything and talked about you coming on the podcast, and you had this laundry list of things that, like I said in the beginning, would put people off for a lifetime, and you just kept hopping over each one and each one and each one, what would you say, um, and we'll, we'll talk more specifically about that too, but let's start with what you think was your biggest health challenge and the hardest to deal with. Ooh, girl. You're making me think. I'm thinking on that one. The hardest one. Oh, see, because there's hardest emotionally, and that's not the same as hardest physically. So right. Those are, those are two different things. So the hardest one emotionally was understanding that somebody died so that I could live because my first transplant was cadaver donated. My second transplant was from my identical twin sister. Oh. So I've had both cadaver donated and living related kidney transplants. So the emotional aspect of both of those donors, the young man who died and then my twin sister who lovingly gave me her kidney and she's doing great by the way. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's the emotional one. The physical one most painful would probably have been the second hip replacement. Had two of those too. Wow. And um, you're you think of hip replacements when, when you're well on in years and you were going yeah, through it early. Well, I was I got a funny story about that too in a minute, but um they could not figure out why I was having such intense pain after the second one. And I was in and out of consciousness and I was 24 hours away from going back into surgery. And I was given every, I always say every D name, you know, Dilaudid and uh, (laughs) all the, all the good stuff, you know, I was given all of that and they still couldn't find it. So that was the most difficult was feeling like, why can't they find out what's wrong? And just one day woke up in a, you know, with my gowns shellacked to my body because my fever had broke. <laughs> and it was just it, the joy of it happened. But you, you mentioned quickly about the whole you're too young to have hip replacements. The first one that I had, I was 25. And we used to go into aqua therapy, you know, into the pool. And when I started out, there was just me and like one other person. By like the third week, it was full. And the therapist said, well, for God's sakes, word must have got out. There was a 25 year old in the pool. All these old men finally come into their therapy. <laughs> and I said, anything I can do to help. 
That's there you go. Okay. Motivator, even when you're not trying to be. <laughs> so I'm sorry to trail off, but does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. Um, so, so the hip replacement was probably the most physically challenging. You also said you Hep C you got from a blood transfusion. Yeah. So back in the early eighties, they did not test blood transfusions, even for HIV. So I consider myself lucky that I only contracted Hep C and not HIV. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I dealt with for a very long time. And I remember at first they were like, okay, you're going to have to do this and give yourself shots and do it. And I, I tuned in and I heard, no, no, there'll be something easier for you. Wait, wait, wait. And so of course, as you're waiting, you're still dealing with what hep C does to your body. And so finally the pills came out and all those years later, I was able to get it. And by the way, that's a little bit like the hunger games. It's like, who's going to, who's going to be able to, you know, the one who gets the medication. And I remember talking to the guy and I said to him, I said, well, you're going to choose me. And when you do, and you call me back, I would prefer you address me as Katniss. And sure enough, two, yeah, two weeks later, my phone rang and he goes, is Katniss there? And I was like, woo! <laughs> See? So, yeah. I just it's... was like, oh, it's going to come to me. And it did. And, you know, you got to you gotta find humor even in the hard stuff. Wow. That is that combination of practical, you know, medication coupled with assertiveness over what you need to have for you, coupled with patience, coupled with intuition and with a message and with that knowingness from within. You've got me inspired over here, Lisa. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. And you have that practical message again, though, too, because you knew the message was to wait back, you know, as far as, and you, you waited and then sure enough, the medication was created and and mass produced and available. Yeah. Yeah. At one point it's the thought of me that I swallowed $90,000, just FYI. That's how much that medication, of course I didn't pay a penny of it, which is great. Wow. That yeah. Which is a whole nother topic, but anyways, yeah, I knew I knew someone um, who had hep C as well. And I think I'm familiar with the medication that you're talking about. But back to what you were saying now, you know, when Lene and I talk about it, we talk about as far as hearing from the Holy Spirit, um, hearing from God, you have a different way of expressing it. And there are differences for sure. But we're talking about paying attention to intuition. And that leads me to what you do now and your intuitive you. So how if somebody wants to get more in touch with you, hear more about your story and maybe find out if you can help them, where would they go? They would go to intuitiveu.net. So the word intuitive, the word you.net. And there is an about section in there that's all, it'll tell you a little bit more about me. If you were thinking that maybe you would like to try and have a session with me, there's a little blue book now bar at the top. And again, this is just whatever you're guided to do. Even if you want to stop by and drop me a note, just say hello. I'm good with that. And you're on Instagram too, right? I am. I'm on Instagram. Thank you, Sandy, for being my marketing manager right now. Yes, it's just Lisa Justwine on there. Even if you put an intuitive view, it'll come up as well. All right. I love the name. How about I love the wording of intuitive view. It just kind of fits with imagine yourself. Yeah. (laughs) And maybe there's the connection. Yeah, it goes out to you. Like, I'll be here to help you and assist you. But we're going to ask you to do some work. Okay. Yes, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and they have the same initials and everything. That's right. Yeah. We're not the only IY in town anymore, Lene. No, we're not. But I like the other one. 
we have a segment of the episode called Takeaway Time. Now, this one, I just wanted to kind of throw it a different angle. As our takeaway today, I just wanted to actually, something that you mentioned to us when you emailed us back, but I wanted to wish your parents a happy 60th wedding anniversary. (laughs) Because I think that that is a gift, along with intuition, being married 60 years, that is a gift. And we need to highlight some of the celebrations and some of the wins in this world for people who have made it to the 60-year mark. So (laughs) thank you. Amen to that. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm so proud of them. I I really got quite lucky with my parents and they're a beautiful example of love and overcoming as well. So absolutely. Thank yeah, you for that. that had to be not hard, not easy for your, your folks to go through. No, I think one of the hardest things was at one point they had to decide because I had to go on dialysis, but I also have really severe scoliosis and it's because they would have had to put me in a full body cast while I was on dialysis at the same time. And my parents chose not to do that to me. And that had to have been hard. And then the other choice they had to make, because I had the radiation one time, was you can either kill your future grandkids or your daughter will die. Ah. My parents did a wonderful job. As far as, you know, this is about overcoming. They also did a lot of overcoming in helping me to become the person I am. That's so cool. They did a good job. Mom and dad did good. (laughs) I love when I don't even That is just beautiful. Beautiful shout out to them. I love them and I don't even know them. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. But is there anything, Lisa, that you would like to leave as a takeaway statement for people to like, you know, one of those powerful statements, like if you don't remember anything else, make sure that you just take this message away. I think the biggest thing would be is you are born with this intuition. It is your birthright. It is within you. And If you can work that slowly in little ways, you'll start feeling more and more confident. Keep working at it. If you want to know, well, how do I do that, Lisa? Then go to (laughs) intuitiveview.net. There you go. There's my marketing girl. Here she is. Yeah. Okay, good. I thought you'd be proud. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We just, we loved having you. This is what we needed. I had so much fun. Like I could just, I feel like the three of us could just coffee clatch all day long. Yeah, we should. (laughs) Well, at the end, we always just have to say, imagine yourself believing that we all have this beautiful gift of intuition that we can learn to embrace. We can learn to block out some of those worldly distractions and be still and listen deeply to a wisdom that we didn't even know existed right within us. Thanks for spending some time with us here on Imagine Yourself. We really appreciate it. And if you'd like to find out more information on Lisa or on any of the subjects that we talk about, as always, you know, you can go to imagineyourselfpodcast.com. We try to make it easier for you by breaking it down on our topics page. So you can read the blogs and listen to the episodes that you are really needing right now. And we love your feedback on what you'd like to hear more of or less of, you can shoot us a note or connect with us on social media at imagineyourselfpodcast.com.